Today we celebrate Good Friday, our Lord's passion. Today we remember that Jesus was condemned to death and died for your sins, for my sins we haven't yet committed. There's a profound sense of loss and of an absence even in the church right now. No decorations, no bells, no nothing in the tabernacle. This is the only day in the church calendar when mass is not celebrated. We're almost in a state of suspended animation. All we can do is remember once again who was sacrificed for us. We reflect, we relive it, and we grieve. In churches all over the world today, people are saying the Stations of the Cross and retracing Jesus' steps and reciting the ancient words that have been engraved in our hearts. We adore you, O Christ, and we praise you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. The Bible is fairly descriptive about Jesus' suffering. The abuse began in John chapter 18, after he answered the high priest's question, pointing out that he had been open about everything. One of the guards struck Jesus for what he had said to the, to the chief priests. Pilate then interviewed Jesus. He found nothing that he could charge him with. Pilate suggested to the Jewish authorities that Jesus should be released. They refused and instead asked for Jesus to be crucified. There is speculation as to how the suffering came about. Pilate didn't want to crucify Jesus. Jesus was innocent, but Pilate had to show that he was following the will of the Jewish leaders or risk a rebellion. Some believe Pilate had Jesus tortured in hopes that it would satisfy the Jewish authorities in that way. And there's nothing in the Bible that directly states that this was Pilate's intent. The soldiers were brutal in the way they treated Jesus. They made a crown from a vine with long thorns, sharp thorns, and put it into Jesus' head. They flogged him viciously. They hit him repeatedly. Jesus was then made to carry the crossbeam of a cross to the hill of Golgotha, where the soldiers nailed him hands and feet to the cross. For the next several hours, he experienced such pain that he died long before the normal amount of time for victims of crucifixion. We do not know for certain that the torture suffered by Jesus, or we do know that the torture suffered by Jesus was for fulfillment of the Old Testament. As we heard in the first reading, as many were amazed at him, so marred were his features beyond that of a human being. The decades after Jesus' resurrection and ascension were brutal for the young church. Christians were stoned, torn apart by lions, and crucified. Legend has it that Peter was crucified upside down. Every Christian who had faced martyrdom would have been able to understand that his Savior also experienced horrible physical pain. Knowing that Jesus willingly faced such anguish would have given them strength suffering with the Lord. Yet, for all its sorrow and pain, 
all its drama, drama and tragedy. This account of Christ's passion and death offers us something else, something that may seem con con contradictory. It gives us a reason for hope. And it is there in the words we have just heard. Christ's last words in the gospel tell us is it is finished. Christ's earthly life was finished. A long chapter in Christian human history is finished. Our old way of living is finished. Humanity's wait for a savior is finished. As much as we may want the gospel to end a different way, we realize that God's overwhelming love gave us something better. During every holy mass and during today's service, even though there's no consecration, the Lord becomes present in our midst through the Holy Eucharist. When Father consecrates the bread and wine brought forth to the altar, he is in fact presenting the same sacrifice as Calvary, lifted up both bread and wine, but no longer mere bread and wine, but in substance and in essence, completely transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of the Lord himself. <clears throat> Today, as we celebrate the past and reflecting on how much our sins have caused pain and sorrow for our Lord as he bore the cross on the way to save us all. Standing near the cross of Jesus is a, was a painful and powerful place. As we pray this Good Friday, we are invited to stand with Jesus, his disciple John, and his mother Mary. Let us also remember that Good Friday does not stand alone. Jesus' resurrection is coming soon. If we have shared in the death of our Lord, we shall also share in his resurrection and receive eternal life. The cross on which Jesus died is a symbol of our salvation. We embrace its meaning, its power, and even its necessity. In a few minutes, we will venerate the cross with a kiss or some other act of reverence, expressing in some small way that the wooden cross of suffering was also the key that unlocked our salvation. The cross was a means to an end, but not an end in itself. <clears throat>